Good morning, great afternoon, great night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. Thank you for always opening up your hearts and your minds just a little bit so I can slide in there and share some conversations of clarity with you to make sure you reach that next level of abundance, that success and the fulfillment that you know we all deserve. And if this is your first time listening, thank you. If you've been here before, thank you. And I hope you better friend. If you didn't, bring a friend maybe next time I have an amazing guest one of my brothers we go back a couple decades and I wouldn't have moments of mindset the podcast conversations of clarity if it was not for this gentleman right here I call him the governor he's my brother I love him so much Mr. Christopher Garza let's go (laughs) welcome to the show listen you were the first person that I did an actual episode with before I even launched on October 1st, man. And now we're recycling back, man. How are you feeling? Yeah, man, it's beautiful, brother. You know what it is. Um, I'm blessed to be here. You know, I'm hopefully everyone, I know this is a tough time of year for some people, you know, I actually lost a friend over the holidays, but, um, you know, I I hope that everyone had a, uh, a joyous Christmas with their family, man. And we're able to, you know, see the ones that you love. It's been a tough last really kind of two years, right? Um, you know, but, but, uh, I'm glad that we're here, man, you know, and, and Rodney, I always say this, but we have now known each other longer than it took us to get to the mutual place that life put us in through our skill sets that, (laughs) um, that, you know, to, to get to that specific point. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, man. You know, I come from an extremely small town where, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of hope in terms of, you know, further education. Most people have a high school education or equivalent, right? GEDs, things like that. Some people go to small local, you know, colleges in Beeville, Victoria, Corpus, and that's cool. There's nothing, you know, that as long as you further in your progress, that all that matters. But, you know, to be able to come from a small town like that, man, and go to St. Mary's um, was just a true blessing for me, man. You know, we kind of talked about that pre-show, but uh, I'm truly thankful for it, man. And like I said, I'm thankful that, um, we've, we've known each other, man, going on 22 years now, you know what I'm saying? Actually 23 years. Cause it was 1999 you know, we're going into 20, you know, we're going into 22, but, um, it's just an incredible thing, man. I mean, you know, it, it is, we've lost childhood friends, right. That we knew up to that point. And we've known each other now longer than most of our childhood friends. <laughs> um, that's a true blessing, man. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, things happen for a reason, kindred, kindred spirits, people are put, um, you know, in positions and mutual places to meet each other. And hopefully one day, um, you know, do good things, man, spread positive light, um, you know, be there for each other, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, 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 and help each other grow, man. I mean, you know, there's no better story, Rodney, like I said, man, you and I have, have you know we we started from immature students man in college um you know you I've always praised you and said you've been one of the most talented naturally talented individuals I've ever known in my life man and um to see you come full circle you know with uh with you finding your purpose as to why you wanted to do a podcast man and spread this love and this knowledge to people man to doing the poetry to writing a book you know to getting the word out to people man um with with the amount of ugly in the world that beacon of light's a beautiful thing man um and I, I'm, I'm appreciative to be able to see that rod and to be able to see you come full circle not just as a friend 
but as a uh, individual and a father as well, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. And that's, that's really the driving force, man. I, I had a conversation and I was on, I, I did a recording for a friend show earlier today. And that's one of the things that uh, she asked. It was, it was for the uh, blissful breakfast with my friend, mm. Aaliyah May and okay. Briggs. And so she was like, how do you stay blissful? Like daily? I'm like, yo, it's my kids. I have a grandson. So my life isn't mine. It's not about how I feel. It's about how I can create opportunities and cut my teeth on these opportunities, whether it's a win or whether it's the perception of failure. Because even if it is a failure and I fall, the, 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 the magic in it is when I get up and having a grandson soul, Aaron, Hunter, Simone, all of them seeing me get up with a smile. With my shoulders back with my head held high man that's what it's that's what it's about that's my obsession you know and I learned a lot of that from from watching you you are a huge reason why I'm here man I, I watched how you and Jules built your family I, I watched how you know Jim how he you know gave you the opportunity to spread your wings but taught you the intangibles like of the old school like from generations down this is how you treat people yeah. this is how you go about you know what i mean and so then when you had you know you had your show and knowing that and knowing how close we were i wanted to create something that you would be like you know what I want to make sure that he is successful and let me give him some tidbits let me let's record let's make sure this is a, a smashing hit and a smashing success. And so to come so full circle from right before and October 1st to this week leading up to 2022, it's amazing that we're having this conversation, a cleansing conversation between you and I, man. You call me the president, I call you the governor. And we've been that for a while, man. So it's it's beautiful, brother. No, I, I appreciate it, man. And, 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 yeah. and you know, Rod, I think that is, we can, ease so many things as a society man if we didn't see each other as continuous competition man and you know society has done that to us from such a young age right they've everything's a competition man no one ever really just gets to sit back and enjoy things or sit back and uh, realize that if we work together not only do we become more successful, but the process facilitates itself in an easier manner. There's less stress. And at the, at the end of the day, we all get credit for something that we all put time forth. Right. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's one of the things, man, that uh, <clears throat> I see my daughter go through it right now with her softball, you know, where um, she's put in this situation where it's just, it's a pressure cooker and a meat grinder all the time, man. And, you know, I took her, I, she's, she still plays it, right. She's gearing up for um, her high school, you know, season getting started kickoff, man. She's a freshman. She started as a freshman in a six, a newcomer of the year, made varsity, nice. you know, ranked number 42 in the nation at her position. It's, Let's go. it's, it's, it's an awesome thing, man. And, and, you know, she's successful because we have put her in a position to where she has collegiate active collegiate athletes ex all americans um black athletes who have who have played ball in the south and realize what it's like to still face you know in kentucky louisville still place i mean still face adversity and racism and sexism to um you know girls that have dropped out of school because uh, their mental ill, you know, their mental health, you know, disintegrated on them. And they realized at the time 
it was easier to insulate rather than to talk about it, right? Yeah. And 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 one of the things that I've focused on with Lauren is um, I can I can tell her mood through music. You know, we have these long drives together for practice, and um, we share music back and forth. And I've now been able to see, okay, she's listening to Blonde by Frank Ocean, right? There may be something <laughs> bothering her because it's one of those albums that's a very introspective album. And now she's got to the point to where she's comfortable talking, talking about her mental health. You know what I mean? As a teenager, man. Um, and I've told her that, you know, look, it is when we were teenagers, bro, there was so much we could control because we, in an essence, were able to control our own narrative, right? We weren't being recorded all the time. It wasn't social media. Rumors were exactly what they were. You know, now, you know, a rumor could have legs and be around the world in the click of a button, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a different type of stress that they have to manage versus what we grew up with. And um, <clears throat> once her season was over with, for, for select ball. Um, I mean, man, Rod, they, they played in front of every major scout collegiately that you could think of, man. And she has a lot of interest, but that stress that's coming along with it too. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I pulled her out of it for a little bit. And I said, look, the next three weeks up until Christmas time, be a teenager, go out, have pizza, go to the movies. You know what I'm saying? Go, go to your friend's houses, go to the mall go for a ride, go look at the Christmas lights, unplug for a little bit, man. And I think, you know, a lot of these parents nowadays, they want to vicariously live their life through their kids, or they put that pressure on them to where I get you there. I'm paying for this. You you're, you're indebted to me. You owe me something. That's your responsibility as a parent for you to parent your child. And if it's something that they're good at, teach them how to handle that stress because ultimately it's going to spill over in everything else that they do, their job, their relationships, you know what I'm saying? All of that. And um, to be able to ha effectively have that communication with my daughter, man, um, it really is a beautiful thing because she and I can have those uncomfortable conversations, if you will, um, about things that most teenagers would probably try to hide or, you know, they would, they would, they would keep it to themselves until it got to the point to where it's just too much. You know what I mean? Um, but, but the other thing, Rod, like you and I, where, you know, we were, when we were in college, we were able to talk about, you know, relationship, athletics, school, and we were able to share those ideas with each other and in a way rely on each other you know what I mean and it was the same way with Absolutely. our other group of friends Lauren's got that exact same thing where she has she has friends of hers that um you know are in the same position position that she is and they're able to support each other she's got this network of individuals like I said to where you know she one day I came home and she said dad uh I'm they were gearing up to play Ridgepoint she's a freshman man starting at shortstop she was nervous Rod and uh, she told me, she said, I reached out to Coach Brittany. She's going to come pick me up. We're going to go to dinner. And I just want to sit down and talk to her about the process. You know, and, 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 and that's it, man. We, we have to empower our children to yes. not solely rely on us once they have a group of individuals like that, <clears throat> to not solely rely on us and to learn through their own trials and tribulations. Um, 
because I think that's one of the things that is our, our kids nowadays are so underdeveloped because we don't put enough trust in them to, to empower them to be their own individual. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and I, I, I look at the things that, that Lauren's able to do. Colton's still in the learning process, right? Teach, trust, turn loose. Um, which for those of you who don't know, you know, what those three T's are, man, there's a teaching phase, right? Where, you know, I'm going to teach my children everything I think they need to know to get them prepared. I'm going to trust them that they're ready. I'm going to trust that they won't violate my trust. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn them loose, right? And if indeed they decide to violate that trust, we'll go back to the teacher phase. You know what I'm saying? And get them ready for it. Um, But being able to watch her make her decisions, Rodney, man, I I don't know if it's just a function of of our relationship because Jules and I are are best friends, you know, as much as we are, um, you know, husband and wife in a 22 year relationship married for, you know, married for, um, you know, going on 16 years. Right. But um, it's just. I know that they're able to get that here and that stability here that empowers them. But, you know, another thing too, man, and uh, I watched a video yesterday and it was of this uh, older Hispanic lady that was working in like a fulfillment center or something like that. And it was in Spanish, but someone had given her a, uh, a doll for Christmas. Right. And I remember my dad telling me when he was younger that, um, they were so poor. He didn't get his first present until he was 18 years old. Right. Um, and, and you realize, man, that not only did, did they sacrifice their childhoods in a way to be able to build for what we have, but where I was going with that is a good stable childhood, man, is the true head start that your children need in life to be able to have the love, the empathy, the respect, the foresight, the trust, the teaching, like I said, to set them on that path moving forward, man. Um, It's so important. It's so important, man. And I just hope that, um, you know, other parents can have that relationship with their children and not just one of the things that we're guilty about is sitting here and your, your kids talking to you and you're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you're on your phone the whole time, right? And you're 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 there in present, but mentally and physically, you're not there for them. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, mm-hmm. Man, one of the things that I do, Rod, especially with Colton, like um, usually in the evenings before we go to bed, we have about a thirty, maybe an hour time frame where he'll come lay with me on the couch, and we'll turn the TV off, and I'll just sit there, man, and I'll hug him like he's a two-year-old child you know what I mean and and I just sit there and show him that empathy and that love man um and just that hug you know what I mean just even for me man just that hug gives me my why for why I have to keep going Rod you know what I'm saying um that 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 little bit of 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 empathy and affection it means the world, bro. It yeah, means man. it means the world, man. Yeah. Like my, I, I tell all the time and I say it on the show, especially baby girls, since I, I spend so much time with her, yep. I can't have bad days because 
she like this morning when she woke up and came in the room she was smiling before she even said anything she was ready for the day <laughs> so it doesn't matter what how my day was to see sunshine coming into my room at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was like it was it, I was so overwhelmed like this is amazing to be a part of that and reason why it's so amazing because I didn't always have that right and so mm -hmm. having the congruence now to where like my daughter knows I'm here I can touch I can talk like daddy let's do this went to the park today and came back to the spot and we were riding bikes all around the resort and she got her scooter for Christmas so riding the scooter around you know and it just those sort of intangible things takes me back to my childhood when I first had my first Huffy bike mine was black and silver hers is white blue and pink all those nostalgic memories man it just it fuels me it is, like man. there's nothing there isn't anything that is going to stop me from making sure that she has everything not not in the material sense but emotionally that emotional coherence because what you mentioned earlier our parents were surviving they didn't really teach us well mine didn't, didn't teach us that emotional texture of how to make sure you have a healthy mindset how to make sure that if you reach a challenge or an obstacle you have what it takes emotionally to get over it especially like when you talk me, my basketball career, I had to do trial and error. When I had issues, when I stumbled and fell at St. at, um, at University of Nebraska, I didn't really know how to rebound from that. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have people that could go and say, hey, this is what I'm going to, through and they can give me perspective. You would think that I did because I had siblings that played mm -hmm. collegiate sports. But again, it was a, it was a competitive so even in our family, it was a competitive thing. You know, yep. this one goes to this Ivy League school. You went to a private school. What are you going to do? My sister kind of was trying to pave her way. So it wasn't like all of us coming together trying to help each other out. Because remember, my brother and sister, they're nine years older, almost a decade older than I am. So I really thought that I would have had somebody that laid a blueprint that I could follow, that I could, you know what? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? When I, when I hit this, I can go this way if I have an obstacle. No, it was like, I still got to cut and make my own blueprint, right? So I had a question for you. Lauren, softball athlete, Colton's not really in the athletics. How do you, and you were an athlete, you were one of the, man, listen, one of the greatest shooters I have ever played with, purest stroke, like, how do you, or how did you maneuver between having Lauren first and her being an athlete and then Colton, your son coming and not really wanting to go down that athletic path. Like, how did you, what was your mindset? Like, how did you? No, that's a great question, Rodney. But you know, I'm going to tell you, man. Um, one of the things that I was worried about and, and what I wanted to make sure of was that I didn't hoist my wants, wishes, and um aspirations on my son right lauren just naturally took to it you know from from the get-go we could tell that lauren was going to be an athlete she just had it from a young age you know what i'm saying yeah. and colton just he kind of never really took a liking for it and and for a while there man 
Um, I really wanted him to do it, you know, but around the age of kind of like six, seven, I realized that that just, it wasn't really going to be his thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and what I wanted to make sure of more importantly than anything was that it didn't affect my fatherhood to him um, mm-hmm. to where, oh, you're not going to play sports, man. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah. still have to show those children that empathy, right? And that love and that and and the admiration to I'm I'm here to support you, son, with whatever it is you believe you want to yeah. accomplish. And I I soon realized that his mind worked in such a beautiful way, Rodney, that he was able to take computer language and coding and just make it make sense to him, man. He was he was eight, nine years old, bro, and he could look at script and it made sense to him. And I says, you know, this is the future anyway, man. This is this is the future. You know what I mean? Coding, blockchain, cryptocurrency, you name it, web three, it's the future. And I looked at it and I was talking to my buddy John Bland and I shared some of the uh the coding that um, Colton was doing. And I said, I said, John, I don't know how to foster this as a father because it's so damn new to me. I said, I need your help. And uh, you know, he's, he's kind of worked with him and given him some challenges and things like that. But he told me, he said, Chris, he said, the fact that he has this interest at such a young age um, and the fact that he's willing to take on projects, complex projects and realize how challenging it's going to be to him he said, is mind blowing to me, man. He said, you need to foster this, you know, so we've, we've had him in coding classes, you know, computer, uh, 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 different types of computer classes. John told me, he goes, when he's 16 years old, Chris, or 15 years old, and he can legally work, I will hire him part-time just so that way he could, he can start learning. You know what I'm saying? And, um, we're fostering it, man. And, and, and like I said, Rodney, to, to be able to do that, man, and talk to other people and have them realize what we're going through, um, allows me to be a better father because he lives in a totally different era than we did, than we grew up in, you know, we, (laughs) we, experienced traumas that were passed down to us in certain things like don't cry what are you crying for why are you showing your emotion oh you failed and it hurts suck that shit up oh, i'm sorry suck it and, are you and, good? and those are those are traumas that were passed down to us that we're 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 being we were being told to actively suppress our emotions it still affects me to this day but we were being told to, to actively suppress our emotions, man, to where a lot of times we didn't realize we were turning those emotions into anger because our mind didn't, didn't know any other way to process it, to project it for, for, for attention and for growth, right? And I made, I made a promise to me that I would always actively allow my children to express their emotions. I would never suppress it. And it's allowed me to get in touch with my own emotions, um, to cry, you know what I mean? To show love, to show empathy, to laugh at goofy things, because 
That's what we're supposed to do, Rod. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're supposed to do. Um, And and, and man, bro, like it's allowed me to become a, and I'm still working on it, right? I'm still a work in progress, man. We all are. But, but, but to be able to be honest with myself and be honest, like you said, man, into your original point has allowed me to be a better father to him because I realize he's not going to have the same path that I did. And in many ways, he's already going to be better than I am because he can manage his emotions, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I'm saying? Wonderfully Absolutely. Wonderfully said. And I, <sighs> I've had to learn that too. Speaking with Hunter, who's 12, you know, he's finally getting his, um, his sinking his teeth into basketball. Mm-hmm. Right, a couple of years ago, before COVID, he was thrust onto an AAU team, and he hadn't really been playing, and so they threw him as a post, and he would get sparing time here and there. And so, I wanted him to taste that, so that whenever he did want to play, I can put him in a position where this is what you need to do in order to succeed. Yeah, man. Right? So we actually threw my buddy Roger. Every Saturday for an hour, he actually has sessions with the NBA trainer at 12. And he's going with against other kids that are 14, 15 years old. And so my thing is trying to get him to every day. If this is what you want, every day put time in. I'm not going to force you. But when I was growing up, (laughs) every single day, I wanted to be like my older siblings. So every single day I was dribbling. Every single day I was jumping rope. Every single day I was watching and I was playing in the neighborhood and competing. The kids don't have that. The only time they have that is when they're doing AAU or when they're doing school ball. There aren't any camps like calvin murphy's camp or rice camp you don't have those anymore it's all like aau special specialized or you know trainers right and so it's it's like man they have to um i have to teach him that emotional side because he is a byproduct of me he gets frustrated fast and i'm like i beg him yo the reason why my career was derailed because i was so far in my head that i didn't see a solution out of it so when we train, it's, it's not about the makes or misses. It's about doing it the right way. So you sure. do it until you don't have to worry about a make or a miss because sure. you Absolutely. know you make slight adjustments. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, man. And then, you know, with baby girl, she is an artist. And so we feed and foster everything art. She paints. She spilled paint on my shoes. So guess what? Hey, now you have to paint them. And she'll do it. She'll paint them in a pattern. And when I walk outside, I have some vans, some white and black checkered vans that she has them painted completely different colors, red, orange, yellow, purple, green. And it matches on both. And people are like, man, where did you get those? (laughs) A seven-year-old did that. And so now it's like every time she gets an opportunity, she wants to create art. Yeah, yeah. And if I was bullheaded and I didn't see into planting the seeds of whatever it is she wants to do, I would force her down a path. Sure. And I was kind of forced to attach myself to different identities of things that didn't mean much. So not like you and I are doing as fathers, we're giving them the range. And I told Hunter this, I got this from the movie Dune, the the, the remake. The father and son were talking and the son didn't know whether or not he wanted to carry on the, 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 the name and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, rule the, you know, rule the country. And so the father said to him, listen, whether you choose to 
or not is your choice. But whatever you choose, you're, you are exactly who I always needed you to be, my son. And I told Hunter that, how that's freedom. You can fail and miss a thousand shots in a row and I'm gonna still love you even mm-hmm. harder than I did. So go out there and fly, bro. Go out there sure. and fly. You know, Absolutely. and it gives me a different texture. It gives me a different texture, man. And so I, I, you, man, I, I've looked up to you for so long for when we worked at Syntex Home Equity, man. Like you have no idea. This runs this uh, this runs deep. I always aspired to be um, not where you are, but just on that path of congruence and learning and growing. When did you realize, because I know you and Julie have had since St. Mary's, right? Like, when did you really know, hey, you know what? I have to be malleable to make sure that everyone in my family needs X, Y, Z. Like, my kids need this. My wife needs this. Because you're a sales, like you are a consummate professional and creative, so you could easily do all the things that you wanted to do, mm-hmm. but you are making the, the and not even sacrifices, you're being malleable, like I said, to make sure that your family has all the intangibles so they can, y'all can grow as a whole, whereas normally it's like, I'm the man, I'm the husband, you're going to live and die by whatever I do. When When did you realize, like, this is the type of, man, husband, father that you needed to be? Um, man, that's a great question, Rod. I don't know that, I don't know that I can point to one specific instance or one specific teaching, but I know that um, I've always been that individual that's known what I've wanted, right? There's no in-between with me. If, if I catch a feeling of something or if I get an inclination that, that, that I'm correct on something, I'm, I'm going to run with it a hundred percent. And when Jules and I first started dating, we were able to work together on things. And it was things like, you know, homework, business papers that she had to write and stuff like that. She would come to me and she would say, I really, I really need your help on this. Can you help me? So yeah, sure. No problem. Um, I was able to just sit down and bang stuff out for her and vice versa. She was able to do, you know, that stuff with me for, you know, uh, uh, math, homework, algebra and whatever, whatever it was that we had in college. Right. And um, that kind of carried on into, you know, when we uh, negotiated the, the first home that we bought. Right. And I, I just realized that when she and I were on the same page with each other, working as a team, that whatever mm-hmm. faults I had, she was able to identify them. And I was able to do the exact same thing. And we were able to form Voltron in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and be better together, man. And even more importantly than that, I'm not going to point to the successes. I'm going to point to the failures that we had. We were able to both learn together where our failures were and discuss them like adults and that propelled us into the stratosphere man um because that's that's the thing that a lot of individuals don't talk about right everybody wants to tell you what their successes are but no one wants to tell you how they overcame their failures with each other ours was easy man we just sat down and we just said you know what 
this can work, but this is the only way it's going to work. Um, and and it did Rod. you know what I'm saying? Um, and it was, it was absolutely, uh, incredible to see that man. And once, once I learned that and I started putting the pieces together and saying, okay, you know what we, we done graduated college, bought our first house, um, put money away in the bank all by the time we were 23 years old. Like imagine what we can really do if we commit to each other and commit to this and run forward. Um, and, and I, and look, man, I mean, you know, just like everybody else, I've been my own worst enemy at times. I've stumbled at times, but, um, that's how you grow, you know, and, and more importantly, um, you know, it, our, our failures and our stumbling has never been anything that would affect our relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's all been things that happen in the, in the, in the context and the process of life. Um, you know, and, and when you, when, when you have that type of trust and you're able to, uh, sit down at, at the table with each other and talk about these things, you're naturally going to succeed, man. And that's, you know, I made the comment to you earlier that um, I was uh, tucking Julie into bed and tucking Lauren into bed, right? Colton's still awake because he's late night out like me. But um, I make, I'm, there's, there's two things in my house that I make it an absolute, three things that I make it a point. One, I drop my daughter off at school every single day. My son likes to ride the bus, Um so, you know, I, I hug and kiss him on the way out, you know what I mean, and whatnot. But but I drop my daughter off at school. I pick her up from school. If I don't have any meetings in the afternoons, I pick her up from school. I cook dinner every night, and we have dinner at the table with each other. And I tuck everybody into bed. And, and, and it's, it's a form of discipline that allows me to have a pulse on how everyone feels on, on what the temperature in my household is, but it's a, it's a form of effective communication within each other that everybody knows. We have this bond. We're going to be there for each other at all times. You know what I'm saying? Um, My kids, man, I make my kids tell each other, I love you as a brother. I love you, my sister. Give each other a hug in the morning because that rivalry can sometimes be unhealthy, Rod. You know this more than anybody, man. And 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 if we as parents only foster the competitive edge of that and not the emphatic side of it, it can get sour really quickly, man. Oh yeah. Really quickly, bro. Oh, yeah. Man, you you touched on um two amazing things number one communication and then the commitment right like that those are things that you have been no matter what if you're communicating well it starts with a commitment it's commitment to making sure that y'all stay together as a whole and y'all grow and rise and fly together and I love how I've taken pieces from you in terms of writing notes to my kids writing notes to, you know, the people that mean something to me to let them know that, hey, I see what you're doing. And I appreciate you handling me with grace as I continue to evolve to where I am. And make no mistake, 
where I'm going, I'm bringing you all with me. You, you know, so it's it's I'm I'm glad that you touched on that because without communication, there can be so many different things misconstrued. I, I actually had that with Hunter today when I picked mm-hmm. him up. You know, he he was um, not communicating to me whenever he would come over certain things that he was feeling in terms of, you know, his sister, um, who's five years younger, wants his attention all the time. Yep. And instead of just saying, hey, you know what, I need some space, he just felt like she was overwhelming and wanting his attention. And so that brought a little miscommunication between he and I. I'm like, listen, we give you open forum to emotionally share how you are feeling. So there's no way you should walk away from these doors and go elsewhere and communicate anything anti to the open communication that we have here, right? And he's kind of like, you know, he was sad about it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, man, we, we, we've come too far and we make it a place here that you have the emotional texture and you're always feeling love. So all you got to do is open up your mouth and say something, you know? Um, yeah, just speaking to the, the sibling rivalry, man, like that can really tear families apart. Seriously, like it, it, it's, it's, and not just families, but generations. Generations. Like I see man. in my family how with my mother and father, instead of that conflict resolution, whenever they would get upset or there would be a miscommunication or, or one sibling didn't like with them, they just wouldn't talk for months, years. Until somebody would call like, hey, guess what? This one has, you know, um, this one's in the hospital. This one was in an accident. And now everyone wants to rally around and mm-hmm. talk, but it's really too late. And so guess what? We saw that. So whenever we get into it, guess what we do? We don't talk for months, years. We go at each other's neck with the hope that, oh, well, we're still family, so we can still come back. Like, no, we can't. Like, that's going to filter down into your our children. And so I've drawn a line in the sand. I'm like, no, that's not happening. We're going to talk it out because love prevails. I love you. So there isn't anything that you can say that's going to make me feel otherwise. So we just Mm -hmm. figure it out. We figure it out. Absolutely, Rock. Absolutely, man. Absolutely.